0: Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know, you didn't want the answers to.
1: I'm Vib. And I'm Sean, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we move on, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award.
0: As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. This was easy. Clear winner this time, really. This was, wasn't this it? was yeah. so easy. <laughs> I think unanimously people wanted to give me tinfoil for this.
1: I like it's, it's, it's a good one because it's the sort of tinfoil where if you're ultimately proven right, it'll be I fine. Can't wait. It'll be fine because it'll probably be good, but you just say it with such certainty.
0: I well, I am certain. Um <laughs> But yes, so, blue wizards.
1: <laughs> yes. So specifically, I think I'm giving you this tinfoil for the assertion that Bronwyn from Rings of Power is a blue wizard.
0: That's entirely fair. I mean I feel because that there weren't many characters blue. who escapes. Yeah, I mean I'm nothing if not a simple man. Um, but I also suggest that Nori could be blue wizard. Yeah. I maintain he did. that obviously Gandalf is a blue wizard who turns into a grey wizard. There's all sorts of blue wizard shit happening. There's all Listen sorts of blue wizard,
1: all sorts of blue wizard bullshit floating around. No, but just very, very, very quickly before we move on to the the episode, I just like to say, fuck off, British summertime.
0: Yeah, you struggled, haven't you? Oh,
1: it's been absolutely shit. <laughs> Babies don't know that the clocks change. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say on the matter. I'm so tired. And I'm
0: happy that they don't. That's amazing. Um, but it's a good thing that we're recording this at 9am on a Sunday. Um,
1: yeah, our, nor- you- our normal recording time is sometime between like 11 and 3. I messaged you this morning at like, what was it, 7? Being like, so... 6am, well, be- yeah. When, when are you going to be ready? It was It was
0: actually kind of disturbing because I woke up, my alarm went off, and then I grabbed my phone to turn it off, and at that exact moment you messaged me to say... <laughs> British summertime sucks or whatever it was. <laughs> was like, this that's is am- very freaky.
1: That's amazing. That makes me so happy. Um but that's yeah, that's just that's just by the by, that's my pet peeve. Um farmers aren't a big enough part of our industries that we should be changing our clocks to suit them.
0: Oh My goodness, that's an early tinfoil shout right there. My goodness. We've not even got parts of tinfoil. Station. We've
1: invented <laughs> headlights. Put your fucking <laughs> headlights on.
0: It's about circadian rhythms okay you know just live with it deal with it you'll recover you'll be, you'll be fine tomorrow uh,
1: assuming she goes to bed at a sensible time we need to oh, move on because this is going to turn into a random we, do, we, do, we, do, we, do, we <laughs> do what are we talking about today
0: well at first maybe a slight point of order right? we've asked this every now and then in previous episodes but we, we've been discussing um the podcast a fair bit in the last few days off the back of some feedback. And I guess maybe it's just worth throwing it out there again if anyone wants to get in touch with us and provide some feedback. You know, are the episodes too long, too short? Um, you know, are yes. we really not worth listening to? At which point you have to ask yourself, why are you listening to us? <laughs> this um, is episode
1: 40, guys.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, if you've made it this far, then it, that's really on you. Um, but yeah, just let us know. Mm. Um,
1: no, that's, a, you know. that's a, it's, a, it's a good point. Well made. Um, as yeah, there was we've received some suggestions that we might benefit from some editing, uh which is rude firstly. it's, but, accurate. it's accurate, but also also <laughs> also accurate. so we will uh probably not this episode because as as Vib said, this is it's 20 past nine on a Sunday, and this episode goes up tomorrow yeah. at three. But and we the will. The guy
0: with a baby who's probably really off schedule is editing today. Definitely
1: so, my turn to edit, isn't it? Shit.
0: So you know who to <laughs> complain to tomorrow.
1: <laughs> um, but we will. We will try to be slightly pithier, sharper, and more edited and more structured going forwards. I've just looked at what we've got on our schedule coming up, and no, we won't.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's taken us for nearly five minutes to even get started with today's episode. So. True,
1: that's, that's very true. More
0: of the same.
1: <laughs> this is what you tune into, really.
0: It really is, yeah. But yeah, what are we talking
1: about? Well, this has all come from we were originally last episode going to talk well, ask, in the wake of uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder, whether Marvel had jumped a shark. Yeah. But then obviously Rings of Power happened and we decided that doing a review of rings of power was more valuable last time and i think it was.
0: But, I think it was, yeah.
1: But this obviously this is one of our every 10 episodes we take a step back and look at something from a, in a slightly more holistic and and considered way apparently. So what i think we're going to talk about well what we've agreed we'll we'll try and talk about is the the idea of power creep in specifically the MCU although we might end up sort of veering towards the DCEU as a comparison at some point, because I think actually there is a a valid comparison to be made. And just just look at sort of what's happened across the MCU since 2008 when Iron Man released all the way through to Love and Thunder and just try and get our arms around whether there is power creep specifically in the villains, but I think probably in the heroes as well. And, and whether it matters.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's, I guess, the biggest question to an extent. Because um, we've sort of talked about this before, but, I mean, just before we really get going, your thoughts on Phase 4 of MCU so far?
1: It's so mixed. It's the most mixed of the phases.
0: I, I think that's that's right. And and part of me wonders if, if that's purely because we haven't had the conclusion yet, because I'm struggling to sort of think back to other phases yeah, I think sort of in isolation um, I mean we, we've done a tier list of, of MCU films but you put them all into context to an extent don't you
1: well this is this is very true and if you look at each of the phases prior to phase four they all have a capstone film right phase phase three yeah. has about six capstone films but you've got the Avengers age of Ultron, And then Infinity War and Endgame. Interestingly, obviously, phases two and three, their capstone films aren't the last films. They use Ant-Man and, I guess, Far From Home as a sort of gap bridger into the next phase, which is actually quite clever. But I don't see... Obviously, neither of us have seen Wakanda forever, which I am very much looking forward to. But I don't see how that's going to be a capstone in the same way as the original Avengers film, or indeed Age yeah. of Ultron.
0: I think that's right, and I think in phases one through three, because you had the Avengers as always, you knew there was an Avengers film coming and you could kind of picture what that was going to be like. In phase four, I think you're, you're missing that, although part of me has wondered if that's, if, if they're sort of trying to meta game the system almost, as in they, they know that that's what was waiting for, and this is why they've come out with all these films that are slightly in their own world, even though they're not, you know, even though they're all connected, but there's also all this multiverse stuff going on as well. So I think maybe it's deliberately confusing. And when they do eventually come up with some sort of cap, you know, some, some film that ties it all together, we'll we'll think back and go, "Wow, well done." Perhaps,
1: guy. perhaps. I, I I think Phase Four feels disconnected. Though I think it feels disconnected. I think it feels some of it feels comp- barely coherent. But for all that, there's been one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the seven films are released. And I think we can agree that half of those were excellent. And I know you and I disagree on Doctor Strange, but Shang-Chi, No Way Home, and Love of Thunder were all great films. Absolutely. The problem is Black Widow and Eternals were really bad.
0: Uh, I take objection to calling Black Widow oh, no, really sorry. bad. It was just—it just was—it was, it was just, just an action film that had that may as well have been set anywhere else.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it but. wasn't. It, it didn't feel like an MCU film. That's a better way of putting it. It wasn't bad. I just didn't care about it.
0: I mean, Ray Winston with the shittest Russian accent <laughs> in the world. You've Ru- got a uh,
1: all right, Russian, <laughs> Ru- Russian Ray Winston. I'll give you. Uh, that's um, fair.
0: Yeah, Eternals was was a, a car crash, um, but
1: somehow also great. In in a sort of what am I watching? How is this happening? How is this greenlit? Is this really? Yeah, no, that's where they're going. Amazing, sort of. Way. Yeah,
0: yeah. But but so if if you look at those as a phase, right? Because we have Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, <laughs> and and regardless of what we make of them, that they're sort of a bit standalone. I think is, is best yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like at that point, they were like, oh, hang on, yeah, we need to do something with multiverses. And then they really just go in with multiverse weirdness.
1: Yeah, and all of a sudden, Tobey Maguire is in an MCU film. Yes. Which, thank you, didn't know I wanted. <laughs> Turns out I did.
0: <laughs> didn't know he wanted, but uh, not complaining about it either.
1: Andrew Garfield cracking Tobey Maguire's back in an MCU film. Yeah, go on.
0: Uh, that's the kind of content I'm here for. So, <laughs> um, so, so, so the phase is confused, confusing. Mm. Um, but aside from that, I think we we sort of discussed in the past that we think the the major issue here is is more the villains than anything else, right?
1: I think that's right, and I, I think the best phase to compare phase four to is actually phase one. Right, because it's introducing a load of new heroes, essentially. Yeah, Shang-Chi, the Eternals. Well, I guess it's sort of vaguely introducing a load of new heroes, but it's introducing a new villain. It's introducing new concepts. Um, and you, I, I think it, it has to compare most to Phase One, and the villains in Phase One are great. The
0: villains in Phase One are great. Um, but, but also the, the heroes are great, right? Cause these are the Avengers that we essentially all know.
1: They are, that's true. But I think as we've discussed before, the heroes were the, Spider-Man is the quintessential Marvel hero and he's not in phase one. So they sort of took a punt on the heroes that they were going to use, which I think was very wise. Well, no, it wasn't very wise. It yeah. was very brave and it paid dividends and it meant that they kept their powder dry f- so they could introduce Spider-Man at a later date and take more of a chance on Spider-Man.
0: Well, aside from the pragmatic reasons, which is just they didn't have the right.
1: Sure, sure. If 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 you, if you want to be sensible about it.
0: Because there were Spider-Man films being released around that time. Just, yeah, actually, that's
1: true. That's true and confusing. Yeah, you know, not to say anything about Andrew Garfield, as- but... Same is, I guess, true. I was going to make the same point with the X-Men, but I guess the same point is true. They just didn't have the rights to them.
0: But the X-Men, in and of themselves, are a bit weird because everyone knows Wolverine, and then very quickly, I feel that the knowledge levels drop off. Well, I mean, Professor X and Magneto. Wolverine,
1: Cyclops, and Professor X.
0: Yeah, and after that, you're like, who? who?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, Dynamo?
0: Yeah, so it creates, it creates its own problems. Um, that's true, but but by and large, yeah, you're right. So so phase one, lots of new heroes being introduced, obviously villains introduced. So we get glimpses of of the big bad, and yes. perhaps this is this is maybe what we're missing in phase four. We don't really know what the big bad is, especially if you've not watched any of the TV shows, which are also complicating understanding of the MCU. Is that you need to have all this other knowledge? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be soon that people need degrees to to actually be able to watch Marvel um, in cinemas. You know.
1: It's really hard to work out what the jumping in point is. No. Is, is it just phase four? Is the idea that the, the, the Infinity Saga, so phases one to three, will be a sort of self contained. The problem with that is Black films. Widow,
0: right? Because you, you can't watch Black Widow having not watched the previous films because it's really confusing at that point.
1: It's confusing why is the main anyway. The character all of
0: a sudden dead. <laughs> Died off screen. <laughs> died off screen. It's so confusing. So,
1: but Black, Black, Black Widow almost just sits. I don't think it's a Phase Four film. I think it's a sort of standalone Stroke Phase Three film. Maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong about that.
0: Uh, yeah. Part of me wonders as well as I think they just wanted to give ScarJo a, a standalone film.
1: I think that's probably and true.
0: They put it in Phase Four.
1: I think that's probably. True. Was it was it also released at the wrong time because of COVID?
0: I think maybe that's actually right. Yeah, I think it was supposed to become to have come out much
1: because than it did. There's no MCU film between July 2019 and July 2021, so there's no MCU films in 2020.
0: Yeah,
1: Co- I assume because COVID, but that might be a factor.
0: That could be a factor. Yes, for sure.
1: It just it just came out at the wrong. They, they still could have class. classified it as Phase Three. Yes, they could have They could have done, but we're sort of flitting around the core topic though which yes. is which is power creep and again if you look at phase 4 everything is so big and so scary but also so sort of abstract i think that's sort of where i maybe maybe a more useful question what do we mean by power creep
0: well i think possibly again if we compare it to phase 1 right so we take iron man and the the, the main antagonist there is miscellaneous rebels in the middle east plus um jeff bridges who of course is excellent
1: yeah I the, the the villain of iron man is jeff bridges
0: yeah then we have thor the villain is um essentially a big uh asgardian construct I mean, well, Loki, but, you know, Loki, they put Loki in as a sort of longer-term lure.
1: Do we need to draw a distinction between threat, villain, and antagonist?
0: Or perhaps.
1: Because in Iron Man, those three are the same, essentially. Yeah. It's Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges, and Jeff Bridges. In Thor, the threat is the destroyer, the antagonist is Loki, but the villain is probably Lofi. Hmm. Or is it, yeah. is it? Is it Loki? You, you, you see the point that I'm making, though. Well, the the villain is the sort of the bad guy.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe Thor is a terrible example because yeah, they're Thor is complicated. <laughs> because Captain America, I think, is easier. Right, you have Hydra and, and um, Red Skull. That's yeah, that's again Hy- all three wrapped into one. Yes, um, but but they all sort of aim to also set up something more longer term. Although I guess when you watch Captain America without.
1: A... You can just watch Captain America. You can just watch Thor. You can just watch Iron Man.
0: True, but you could also walk away from that and going, oh, Hydra were a fun, like, villainous entity that we don't ever have to see again. That,
1: that's, sorry, that's, that's, my, that's huge, my point. That's my point. That's a stand, huge uh,
0: plot point later on. And so this is the thing with, with Phase 4 that we don't know yet, right? That this become re- relevant. But ultimately... With with HYDRA maybe the slight exception, none of the villains or antagonists or threats in any of those films are, you know, to to use in in universe term, an Avengers level threat, shall we say, right? Like it's, they're they're 1v1 fights, and yeah, like a lot of people could die, but ultimately like nothing bad happens. But then enter something like Shang-Chi, and you're already facing like a a world-ending entity. Straight off the back. Same with Eternals. <laughs> I, think, I think... And with Shang- Multiverse of Madness. Like, it's crazy the, the level of villains that we encounter in these one-off films, right?
1: Yeah, I think Shang-Chi and Eternals are a really good example of this. Um, at, you can go to Phase 3 as well and look at sort of Doctor Strange or even Phase 2. And I, I know we don't talk about Thor of the Dark World, but, you know, these are almost Avengers-level threats. Doctor Strange almost certainly is. That's a that's a universe-ending threat. Um, in Dormammu, but
0: yes, yeah, that's true.
1: So that's
0: actually think- very true. So 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 then, is there actually power creeps? so I guess what we're saying is that Phase Four, every single villain that we encounter in the films is significantly more powerful or threatening than they previously have been, right?
1: Is, that, is is that is that the 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 hypothesis then is that what we're saying so in phase four the villains are disp- in, in standalone films are disproportionately powerful as compared with the villains in previous films
0: i think so okay I think it's the way that you put it um at some point earlier right that. The- Everything's so instantly full on.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, I think that's true. If you look, if you look at Shang Chi and Eternals as specifically as entry level films, right? So Shang Chi should map to either Iron Man or Thor or Captain America: The First Avenger. So should Eternals, right? Because we need to spend time with these. In theory, we need to spend time with those heroes. So that we can come to care about the stuff that they're doing.
0: Uh, absolutely. Like if if you take Iron Man, you know the reason we care is because that's it's it's a friendship. It's a you know there's some familial relationships going on, and you, you sort of start to feel for Tony Stark, the person, mm. and you understand why he does that. And I think Shang Chi does that to an extent because it, it it mimics that relationship element of 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 that. You know, with with Wen, with father. Wenwu, yeah. Uh, but then Eternals, like it's so many heroes that are thrown in that you don't have any connection to. The threat is so ridiculous, you know. Earth is going to explode because there's an Eternal inside it. Uh, no, there's a, um, a Celestial. A, a celestial inside it. Thank you. <laughs> it's just you know
1: what <laughs> we, we we need to be wary of just blaming all of this on Eternals. Not making any sense. Disagree. But, no. No. <laughs>
0: Maybe this is what the episode... I'm hijacking the episode. Phase 4 is fucked because of Eternals. How about that? (laughs) I
1: I don't think that's actually an unfair assertion. Uh, But I guess my point is you can't say... You can't look at Eternals and go... Mm -hmm. This is true for all of Phase 4. Because Eternals is just a batshit insane film. But I think actually Shang-Chi and Multiverse of Madness... And to a lesser extent, Love and Thunder, are all suffering from the same thing. Now, the benefit of the multiverse of madness and Love and Thunder can avail themselves of is that we already know Doctor Strange and Thor, so we care about them. Yeah, so we don't need to spend as much time with Stephen Strange before we care about this world-ending level threat.
0: But is that, is that perhaps the issue, right? That they've spent three phases building the story of a Doctor Strange or a Thor. And, you know, they're, they're Avengers that helped stop Thanos, you know, the very big bad. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to make a film about Thor, he obviously has to fight someone worthy of Thor. In fact, two Thors. <laughs> so so then if you make another film in the same phase, say a Shang-Chi, you need something equally powerful. Otherwise, people will walk away from that and go, mm, you know, that wasn't much of a threat, was it?
1: but you see i think this is actually the almost what i'm going to call the dc problem i don't need to walk away from shang chi thinking oh that wasn't a thor level threat because it doesn't need to be and the thing actually that sort of spider-man homecoming showed us way back in <laughs> 2017 was that really really good films can come of low level stakes. The stakes in Spider-Man Homecoming are so low compared to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and Thor Ragnarok, which are the two films either side of it. Saying that I can't actually remember <laughs> Volume Two is Ego, The Living Planet. Um yeah. and Ragnarok is Hella. But Homecoming uh, is
0: actually Ragnarok was world ending, let's not forget. Ragnarok
1: was world ending, I suppose. But Homecoming is is just vulture who's just an old man but and yeah the, and, the, and black panther the, are are the same in, in a way right well black panther is a weird one that i want to come back to uh doctor strange where you basically so looking at phase three uh, stopping uh infinity war you've got civil war which is kind of low stakes kind of high stakes doctor strange which is incredibly high stakes guardians of the galaxy volume two which is incredibly high stakes Spider-Man Homecoming, which I'm going to assert is the lowest stakes in the MCU, except maybe Ant-Man, but Ant-Man's shit. Thor Ragnarok, which is incredibly high stakes, and then Black Panther, which is sort of mid-level stakes. And then obviously you've got Infinity War, which is as high as the stakes get. But the point of homecoming is that while on a sort of meta level, the stakes are really low because it's just can vulture keep scavenging bits of Stark tech, essentially it matters so much because the, while the villain is low level, the hero is almost low level as well. Now, obviously Spider-Man isn't a low level, low tier hat hero, but they also do a lot of work making us think that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is just a little kid. Yes. Yeah. So that, that scene in the car, right? The 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 it's Michael Keaton, isn't it? That plays Vulture. Yeah. Talking to him in the in the in the rearview mirror. That's some of the highest threat in the MCU, I think. So your villain doesn't need to be powerful. Your stakes oh. don't oh. need to be high to make a good film. And I think that's what Agreed. DC has missed. And I think that's what the MCU is at risk of missing.
0: Well, I've, uh, yeah, DC has its own issues that, that we may come, come back to in that, in that Superman exists in that universe.
1: Yes, that's also true. Superman, Superman breaks films.
0: Yeah. But, but I, but I think you're right. Cause Spider-Man Homecoming, a, a great film, the, Low stakes, but still a great romp, and you know that's just a classic, you know, classic superhero film. Right? You, know, mm. you introduce wow. your villain, you introduce your, your superhero, and everyone has a great time. And and Spider Man is also just a very beloved character, and I think because because he's a he's a little kid in some ways, right? And because a lot of the threats that he encounters are just what people deal with, mm-hmm. um, especially teenagers. Whilst then also just you know beating up. Giant sand monsters. So but, but I think maybe that's then the issue instead of just power creep in phase four. Is it that we're running out of heroes that anyone actually
1: cares about?
0: Maybe specifically new heroes that anyone cares about?
1: I think that's probably right. If 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 I may put it a slightly different way, I think the issue is that we've had so many superhero origin story films know that Marvel feels like they can't give us a low-stakes origin story? Because people will go, oh, that's just a shit Iron Man. You've just made Iron Man from 2008 again. I've seen this, and Iron Man was better.
0: Maybe, but I think Shang-Chi... To some extent, undermines that because I thought that was a great film, almost in spite of the crazy, overpowered threat at the end.
1: I think that's right. I think that's right. I think I think Shang Chi survives despite having the same problem that Eternals has.
0: To an extent, but, and I think because because you instantly connect with the, the actual main characters and you sort of think, oh, you know, these these guys are interesting, they've got actual human relationships and, and concerns and worries, and oh, he's also a superhero, maybe. Um, and then, yeah, it, it all escalates, but, th- but that's what you liked about Iron Man, right? This was just a guy. Yeah. And yes, a very smart guy. Ultimately ends up being, you know,
1: Iron Man. Yes, I think um, that's, I think that's right.
0: But it's it's I, it, there's just something weird about Phase Four, and and I think it is just the films introduced the new heroes struggle in some ways. Uh, again, specifically Eternals. I guess uh, You have to unfortunately <laughs> focus on that one because it's it's so bad. But uh, if we take Thor, Love and Thunder, like a villain that was introduced in that is excellent, also played by an excellent actor, super strong, and and he's just come away with that thinking, well, that he could have used a lot more screen time, really, not just in that film, but in the universe in general.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's right. I think that's right. Sorry if you caught caught some typing in the background there. I'm trying there's a there's a quote that I want to look at from Mark Rosewater, who's the Magic the Gathering um lead designer at the moment which essentially is power creep is not a thing and i want to i want i want to drill into that a little bit because i think power creep is a term that gets misused so i can't i can't find the quote yeah,
0: you're you're not going to complicate matters right because because we're talking about a game like magic the gathering mm, like
1: but i it think cover. it's no i think it's i think power creep is a game term that's spilling yeah. out into other Media,
0: Oh, oh, one hundred percent. But in game terms, it's easy to understand because you know once upon a time a four would do something good, and now you need to roll a three.
1: So so that that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's but the the point, the point that Mike Rosewater makes with reference to pyre creep, and I'm not going to do it justice, and I can't find if I can find the quote, I'll put a link to the quote in the uh, episode description. But the point is that pyre creep is the accidental gradual unbalancing of a game due to successive releases of new content, which leaves older content underpowered. And your example is exactly right. So this will only make sense to people who play Magic the Gathering, but paying three mana for a 3-3 used to be standard. That's absolutely fine. That's That's a good card. In modern magic, that is an underpowered card because you should like the the meta is that you would pay three mana for a four or three that does something is actually. But the yeah. point that Mark Rosewater makes is that that's not power creep. That's upping the power level. Power creep is doing that by mistake.
0: What I, I mean, I feel that that's a very semantic. Argument, but
1: but I get but I guess that, that's enough. that's the that's almost the, the question that I wanted to ask is do we think that this is a mistake or do we think that actually Marvel has done this deliberately?
0: <sighs> no, but but again, but see. Uh-
1: you you might be it, right. It, it, that it makes doesn't sense impact.
0: in terms of because because they're games, right? They're games that yeah. originally start off with a certain set of rules, and and in some cases they start off with a, a, a dice roll, right? And and you mm. you know there's only six sides to a normal dice, and so that that complicates.
1: All right, square. I live in a world of twenty-sided dice.
0: <laughs> no, of course, but.
1: No, you're right. You're right. You're
0: my, my point is, you know, once upon a time, you would have something that would roll one d six, and and that would that would do it. And then, of course, because you're releasing more and more characters, you want to create variety. You have to change those those metrics, and because you do, the original characters look a little different. I think with with it's it's a bit like having um, discrete measurements versus continuous measurements, right? The MCU yes. is a completely Continuous fluid organism. That's true. And they should have foreseen potentially in 2008 that they were going to make hundreds of films,
1: <laughs> too many Man films, films.
0: And, and and placed everything into a context um, together. Now, again, it's hard to then argue for parity because if you take Iron Man and put him into Phase Four, he would still be Iron Man. Right, So he, his sure. power has not necessarily gone up and he's but still just great.
1: The Iron Man of Iron Man 1 or even Iron Man 2 compared with the Iron Man of Endgame are two completely different heroes in terms of power level.
0: Yes, but it's a natural progression. And Iron Man's a great example because he, you can actually see him upgrading himself.
1: <laughs> yes, And that's he references
0: true. it throughout every single film. It's like, oh, I've got nanotech now. You know, it's great.
1: Yeah, and it's actually really good because... He has different suit marks, doesn't he? So Yeah. You see it's I think most in Iron Man three, where he's on suit like forty-seven or something.
0: So so if we're going by your quote, I, I don't think it's a mistake. I think Marvel know that they have to up the power levels throughout.
1: Yeah, but in, in that case, is it power creep or is it just escalation? Are they just are they just increasing the stakes time after time after time after time? And if so is that a problem? Because we've already done half the universe. How, where do we go from there? Uh, or even, even Doctor, Doctor Strange is more than that. Doctor Strange is the, the entire feckin' universe. Ego, the living planet, is like all sapient life.
0: So maybe we're just coming at this from too from too simplistic a point of view, right? Because we think, oh, we see villain, villain is the bad. And bad is it beaten too easily. That's that's kind of where I've come from with this episode, right? In, in a way, I see the um, the God Butcher in Thor: Love and Thunder, and I think, oh, he's so strong, he's so cool, and then he's ultimately beaten fairly easily. But are, are we maybe missing the point then that that's that in Phase Four, the villains necessarily aren't the villains, and that's, and that's not point. the real fight we should be focusing on.
1: That's a that's an interesting point. Because now thinking this through who's the villain of No Way Home?
0: Yeah. That's actually, good question. Actually. Yeah. It's all it's all Spider Man who fucks everything up.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness.
0: Well the the villain it, is a is, is a heroine who's just going through a tough time.
1: <laughs> Eternals.
0: Yeah, that I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, you can do this. It, it. The villain of Eternals should be one of the heroes. It's Icarus, yeah, isn't but, it? That,
0: but, but I think they try to do that too, obviously, right? Or is they, it they make? Um, yeah. What's his name? The big twist reveal that he's actually bad it's like, well, <laughs> well,
1: that was that was the me messaging you. Have you got to the twist yet? Oh, that he's evil. Yeah, that one. No, not got there yet. <laughs> 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 Which I really, really enjoyed. Uh, now, what was? I had a point here. The villain. The, the point that I'm getting at is that the villains, which I think is the point that you're getting at, the villains in phase four sort of don't matter because it's so much of phase four is like hero introspection. The villains which are just there. Right. The villains are just there for the heroes to react to so that the, the, the heroes can grow, which is probably also true in the earlier phases, to a greater or lesser extent, it's just more obvious in phase four.
0: Yeah, because it, it's really hard to to judge the phase as a whole, right, in, in some ways. I'm sure, I'm sure it's not specific to phase four.
1: No, it's not. But because can...
0: we know Spider-Man and we know Doctor Strange and we know um, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. You might argue that it's more interesting, therefore, to... to to shine a spotlight on them and their problems and flaws, and and yeah, and then they just have the villain, like because ultimately the villains in Spider-Man, a, it's just a, a nostalgic romp because um, who doesn't like the Green Goblin? Yeah, but ultimately, y- you know how that's going to end. <laughs> like, the, there's no, there's no real threat there because it's just you know, we're all here for the same thing. And I guess in Thor Love and Thunder, but I I think maybe Thor Love and Thunder is there for my biggest issue (sighs) with Phase 4 in terms of the villains. Because he was an excellent villain and and he was kind of a sideline.
1: Yes, because the point of Love and Thunder actually is the Thor and Jane relationship, isn't it? Yeah. And Thor coming to terms with the fact that he can't save everyone all the time.
0: That and also the, the price of power to an extent.
1: Yes, the price of it love and, and the, really those are all great it. themes.
0: It, it's just then you sort of walk away going, Well, what was the point of the villain? Other than to just give Thor a new sidekick, ultimately.
1: <laughs> yeah. And is the other question there, should it? Sh- Did you essentially use too good a villain to tell a story that you could have told using a less good villain?
0: Exactly. Did you, that, did that, you that's exactly your in. Christian
1: Bale? Basically. And is
0: is that indicative of power creep? As in, they they could have used yes. something like they did in Iron Man, which is just you know essentially a, a guy. But but they went for the literal God Butcher.
1: <laughs> I think that's actually that's a, yes, I like that. So the the problem with power creep isn't that the villains are getting stronger. The problem with Pyre is you're using the wrong villains at the wrong time. Yeah, I like, I think that's. And and, I th- and good.
0: is that because they they think they no longer can get away with, with with you know underpowered villains? It's 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 hard to talk in these sort of abstract terms, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, Love and Thunder is a really good example for this because ultimately, I guess you you're sort of right that. They, Gore is defeated too easily, but at the same time, they actually don't beat Gore.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: Gore, Gore wins. wins. Yeah. He gets to eternity, and then they basically go, "Oh, maybe if we just had like had a conversation with him from the start, everything would have been okay." And it turns out the answer to that is, "Oh yeah, actually, it would have been." So. <laughs> But they've also, like, they introduce Eternity, which is this just really weird, random, abstract thing. Love and Thunder. Like, I just, like, two minutes ago said Love and Thunder's great.
0: <laughs> I did notice that.
1: <laughs> it is great. It is great. But also, it's so weird. <laughs> it,
0: it's it's great, but it's also just... It, it's It's weird, but I love that about it. But it's also well, just... It's one of the. It's like a Star Wars film, right? A, a Skywalker saga film, a film specifically. If you dig a little, just any amount, you unearth it, problems it,
1: everywhere. It stands up to absolutely <laughs> no scrutiny whatsoever. I I did see something uh, on, it was either Twitter or Reddit. I think it was Reddit, uh, which was someone saying "Love and Thunder" is great because it's actually a comic book film in a way that very little has been up to now, in that nothing makes fucking sense and it doesn't matter.
0: And, and you can literally see the kapals jumping off the screen, right? Isn't yeah, it? you've got...
1: you've got <laughs> Love and Thunder should have been made in 3D.
0: Because
1: <laughs> you've got yeah. those, like, those feckin' goats, which I hate, but you've got those like coming out the screen and, and all of that. But it's just a comic book film, and it's great because there's all these people it was a a slightly shitty pose but there's all these sort of casual mcu fans who watch love and thunder and go what the hell just happened and then there's comic book fans who are like yeah that's that's what a thor comic is
0: yeah actually coming back to the goats that's another sort of example of not necessarily maybe power creep but if if they'd introduce something like the goats in phase one, that's that's such an ex machina, right? It's they they're they're like <sighs> multiverse traveling, dimension traveling entities of immense power that they just end up with and become a comic relief item. And yeah, do it. yeah. The, the, the goats so don't those work. Goats, they place. wouldn't have been able to beat the the, the guy, right? So
1: <laughs> the, I thought the goats are weird because they use the goats to pull the the
0: ha- the, 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 the
1: chariot. That's being along the bifrost that's being generated by <laughs> Stormbreaker, which has its own personality now. And its personality is that of a jilted lover.
0: Yes. Envious of uh, Envious of Mjolnir. of Mjolnir.
1: It's which we've never seen, but we've never seen that Stormbreaker or indeed Mjolnir have any kind of sentience whatsoever. You put that in phase one or even phase two and it just doesn't work. But phase four, they've just gone, yeah. So uh, with Mjolnir it's always been sort of well, like mine, sort of, right? Yeah. Not you
0: know,
1: not, it, not in the way that you see it with Stormbreaker no, like no, no. slipping into the shot to go, I'm still here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or misbehaving ultimately. Yeah. But no, Love, Love and Thunder is is a phenomenal film because yeah, it, it it's got such strong comic book energy, uh, and you just have to take it for what it is, and it's 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 great. Taika like Waititi, you know, a lot of genius. Um, but yeah, so is that our conclusion ultimately? That there isn't Paracreep creep, but they're sometimes just misusing. Th- they, think they, the- they, they keep putting in overpowered villains for no point.
1: <laughs> yes. You, is, there, is, is the meaningful question to ask, can you do Love and Thunder without gore? Can you do the original Doctor Strange without Dormammu? Can you do Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 2 without Ego? Can you do Age of Ultron without Ultron? I think Age of Ultron is a really bad culprit for this. Actually. Uh, How so? This sort of comes back to the comics, but in the comics, Ultron is a Thanos-level threat.
0: Yeah.
1: He's, He's ridiculously powerful AI. And in the films, he's just sort of a bit crap.
0: He, he, and he sh- weirdly becomes really crap once he becomes embodied.
1: Yes, yeah. And has got this like, I suppose it's a comic book level. Of course it's a comic book level. <laughs> it's a comic book film. But you compare it to you know, Winter Soldier or Ant-Man it's like such a Machiavellian scheme to float a bit of Earth up high enough using I don't know vibranium stark tech such that it drops back down and becomes like an asteroid impact and wipes out humanity so like, mate, you're an AI, just nick all the nukes,
0: yeah, or just literally turn the currency to zero, yeah and watch everyone kill you know each other it's
1: it's so needlessly Machiavellian.
0: That that is comic book.
1: But that is comic book. You're absolutely right. That is comic book.
0: I I guess maybe the, the other slight thing is that throughout phases one through three, right, anytime you encountered a really powerful hero, there was sort of an explanation as to why they were that powerful. And usually the explanation was Infinity Stone, you know, something, something Infinity Stone. Yeah. Whereas now we're in phase four and we have all these powerful heroes that seem to be powerful for no reason that we can discern other than they just are. And and then you're left wondering, well, does that undermine the threat level of Thanos and the Infinity Stones to an extent?
1: So the suggestion that I've seen is that perhaps not for the Eternals, because that's an unsalvageable film.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but for
0: I might rewatch that just just to see I, it's really that bad still.
1: For Shang-Chi, for Doctor Strange, and for Love and Thunder. Those are all artifact films in the same way that Thor, Iron Man-ish, Iron Man might not work here, Captain America, um, Thor The Dark World, Doctor Strange, these are films that focus around artifacts, right? Shang-Chi is The Ten Rings. Doctor Strange is the Darkhold, Love and Thunder is, I guess, the Sword. And could it be that we're seeing the first signs of Kang in the MCU?
0: Yeah, uh, this is something we have to obviously bear in mind.
1: We know that Kang is coming. Well, we've already but, but, seen him if we've watched Loki.
0: But that's the problem, isn't it? You only know that if you've watched Loki. Whereas in Phase 1, at least they have the decency to kind of show with Thanos. You know, as as a as a thing, right? Because he's the one who sends Loki. You know, well, you don't see Loki. him.
1: You don't see him till, well, till the very last end, phase yeah. film, phase one film.
0: No, but yeah, they they introduce the threat in terms of the Infinity Stones, I guess, more than anything else.
1: Yeah, but this, I guess this is my point. The Infinity Stones. What do you actually have? You have the Tesseract. You have the Ether you have um, Loki's Scepter, and you have um, Doctor Strange's uh, The Necklace of Agamotto thingy, Amulet of Agamotto. So you sort of do have Infinity Stones sprinkled through phases one through three you don't know that they're infinity stones until you get to, I don't really know which.
0: No, but, but you, but you're aware of some higher power tier, I think, or or some sort of coherent.
1: But is that only true? Is that only true post hoc?
0: Um, perhaps. And, and and yeah, I think that's a fair point. It's hard to know.
1: The problem is we can't go back to 2008 or 2012 and watch the Avengers and look at Loki interacting with the Tesseract and go, do I know that that's more than just a weird space bridge thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right.
1: I don't know the answer to that.
0: Me neither, <laughs> uh, but I, and I think part of the problem is 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 the TV shows. I, we've we've discussed this previously as well. Um, they are becoming more and more relevant to the actual workings of of the stories. Yes. Um. The the sort of threat of the Infinity Stones and all that is is is, is gone. Kang. Well, I mean, we know we're going towards Kang because the you know Avengers, the Kang Dynasty is. Literally yeah, it's a bit of a giveaway, romantic, <laughs> but but it's it's yeah, the journey of how we're getting there, I feel is just a little odd. And I still think so. For example, right, we can we can agree that Thanos is a, was a universe wide threat. Right? Yes, and then Thor: Love and Thunder introduces a pantheon full of gods that you're essentially telling me sat around and did nothing?
1: While Thanos went to snap them? Yeah. Well, I guess the answer to that is, well, look at what happened in Love and Thunder. Because they're presented with a a threat, not just to the universe, but to them specifically. And their reaction is to laugh, have an orgy, and eat grapes? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think we're meant to take away from Love and Thunder that the Gore might have had a point, and we've been slightly—what's the right word? We've had that fact hidden from us because the gods that we've interacted with have been Odin, Thor, and Loki. Yeah, you're meant to come away from Love and Thunder and go, "Well, Zeus is a twat."
0: Well, yes, and you do,
1: <laughs> and, you, and you do. But that's, that's my point. That's that. That Love and Thunder is working to give us that sense of the gods, I suppose.
0: But then, equally, one of the things I didn't like about Love and Thunder is the the, the credit scene. Hercules, yeah, because th- that's almost the reverse of power creep in some ways, right? You know, here's Thor who's who's faced the worst things in the universe, and now you're just going to send. Hercules, really? Man's not even a god.
1: Well, I, I think the problem is we don't really have any sense of Hercules in the MCU.
0: But no, that, that's entirely true, and and we actually don't even know if there's another Thor coming. Um, I think there isn't Th- one. If Thunderbolts is a Thor film. I've got no idea. <laughs> I,
1: <was laughs> I was say there I don't think it is. I think Thunderbolts is like a sh- uh, an anti- Avengers like group, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, isn't it? Like Taskmaster and people like that.
0: Not a clue.
1: I've said that with more certainty than I really had any right to feel. <laughs> but yeah, I think Thunderbolts is a is a like B tier Avengers group. Yeah. But I assume Thor is going to be in Kang Dynasty? You would imagine
0: so, yeah. You can't you can't just bench. Thor, although they have done that previously, um, but then so let, let's just bring it back to our original point. So I think yes. we, we've established that we that Phase Four as a phase probably has issues, be- and and maybe that's just because we don't know how everything is going to tie together.
1: I think a huge amount rests on Wakanda Forever, which we haven't seen yet. We will do. Because it, it, it has to be Phase 4's Avengers for Phase 4 to work, I think. As, it, as, as a coherent phase, there are films within Phase 4 that work. But for Phase 4 to be a coherent phase of the MCU, it needs a tentpole film like the Avengers. Yeah. And it doesn't have one. So it has to be Wakanda Forever because it's the last one.
0: What what I'd what I'd quite like to see because because I think the reason that I, that sort of we came up with this with this topic was uh, so many of the films in the face where I walked away from being like well that villain was super powerful and is already gone with very little effort in some ways you know yeah what what and and then you have all these multiverses and I think it's really hard to put everything in context like what's the deal with the multiverses how important is this what we're we gonna see and and what I'm hoping for is that by the end of Black Panther we will see that the fact that there are multiverses is a huge deal and we still don't we, we don't really understand the level of destruction that <laughs> could potentially be unleashed at some point in the future
1: i think that's right and almost if you look at endgame i'm going to say <laughs> some some heresy here but if you look at endgame you look at the aftermath of the snap and yes, it was terrible. Yes, obviously it was awful. You see in Endgame the sort of Garden of Remembrance for the three and a half, four billion people that died. But you get it from Captain America, right? Like, I saw whale, whales in, in Hudson. Like, the world is obviously in a really, really shit place, but it seems to be coping. I'm not yeah. saying that Thanos was right, because obviously <clears throat> Thanos was an idiot.
0: Sounds a bit like he was saying that even though his idea wasn't the best, he kind of got what he wanted.
1: No, that's that's not got what the desired I'm desired effect. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it looks from endgame, it looks like Thanos was the right. Yes, world say, say the could, word. it looks like the world could have kept spinning on, essentially.
0: And be better off because we see whales in the Hudson.
1: No, not be better off. But mm-hmm. the the impact of the snap wasn't
0: that bad. Yeah, give it another five years time, and people would have been happier.
1: That's probably right. It would it would have been a that horrible
0: right. You heard it here, folks. Sean thinks uh, that right. <laughs> well.
1: You're not going to get me to say it. It would have been a horrible moment in the cultural memory oh no, I know what I'm about to say, and I can't stop myself saying it. Would the snap just have been the worldwide equivalent of the Holocaust? Like a horrible moment. My
0: in- word, that's a, that's a statement that packs so much
1: the one very small it's, sentence. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the wrong question, because obviously the Holocaust is a, is a moment in worldwide cultural... Memory, but do you, do you know what I'm guessing? I know what you mean. We, we
0: discussed this many episodes ago. I, I think I made a very similar point in that, while undeniably, utterly, absolutely <laughs> dreadful, it 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 was a force of change.
1: It was surmountable. So it was get pastable. Yeah, which yeah. suggests and that it, I think that the Holocaust is get lives. pastable. Which I don't, but you know what I I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it, it, an event. <laughs> And this is why when when they're dealing with multiverses and timelines and things like that, we're going to start talking about absolutes in time. I mean, there's is is a what-if episode that, that talks about that.
1: Fixed um, points in time.
0: Yeah, and something like the snap. Having happened and having been undone, I don't know, maybe. It, it's all getting very meta. I think we just have to say we don't really know. <laughs>
1: um, but, no, but I'm, I guess still, the- I'm still
0: excited to see what comes next, and I think ultimately fair enough then with
1: fate get- 4. I guess the point that I was laboring really hard to make and failed to make was that like the snap doesn't doesn't seem to have necessarily been that bad. And I think maybe the point that we're going to that at the MCU is going to need to make in advance of the Kang Dynasty in twenty twenty five, which is really not that far away. Is there is so much worse than the snap coming. I guess. That's that's yeah. that's the point that I'm getting at. You you have no, to you have to set up that Kang is worse than Thanos, and you do that by saying what Kang is capable of is worse than the snap. Yeah. But I at mean, some there's point, still a lot
0: of questions surrounding the snap anyway, in terms of did people actually die? Did they just disappear? Were they put into some pocket dimension? Or they
1: shunted into a multiverse?
0: Were they shunted into a multiverse? Um maybe all those sort of things will be answered.
1: Maybe. Maybe. But I think you made a point quite well about half an hour ago um on, on DC, which is essentially the Superman problem. Yeah. Which is there is no problem in DC that is not really fixable by pointing Superman at it. And if it's not fixable by that, what the fuck is the point of anyone else?
0: Well, but that's why they introduced Kryptonite, right?
1: That's, that's exactly right. That's why they introduced Kryptonite. Because you have to be able to turn Superman off. Exactly. Any problem is fixable it's, by Superman.
0: It's the only way you can get <laughs> Batman involved is because you have to nerf Superman to smithereens.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Cause any any Superman-level le- problem, no one else can fix. Yes, and it all Superman can fix anyone else's problems. <laughs>
0: right. Yes, yes. How, <laughs> and, how do, will
1: fix it. and and actually, if you look at Justice League, the whole plot of Justice League is how do we turn Superman on? Yes. To fix our problem.
0: <laughs> yes. And then the, they make but they make a point of like showing up all the other heroes with Superman, right? You know, like how he outpaces the flash. And- how
1: do they not see the problem with that? I know, yeah. How do you not see oh actually? we've actively proved that Superman is better than the rest of the Justice League put together. And that's a pro How do you not see that that's a problem for your series?
0: Well, the DC universe is... Um,
1: has a lot of problems.
0: So, something else. <laughs> it is something else. Um,
1: yeah. Which is um, actually why I'm really looking forward to Black Adam, because I think the that Black Adam just doesn't care it looks like it might be a film where they just go, yeah. So.
0: That and Pierce Brosnan is a superhero. Pierce
1: Brosnan and Dwayne Johnson are superheroes.
0: That's going to be really good. It's going to be
1: so good and so bad.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah. But That that describes a lot of DC uh, universe films, I think.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: And I guess, final note on that, I would say, really glad that... um, Henry Cavill is going to be playing Superman again. He really embodies that role very well, but really sad to see that that's cost us arguably one of the finest cast witchers we could have hoped for.
1: Yeah, that's a good question to, I think, discuss at some point. Um, I've seen a lot of people suggesting that Henry Cavill should play Aegon the Conqueror, and I think they don't understand Aegon the Conqueror.
0: No, it's not about Aegon, That's about the gigantic dragon that he's yep. riding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Aegon uh, the Conqueror is quite good, and has a massive fucking nuclear weapon that he can use with no consequences.
0: Yeah. Although that's a, he, he probably could stay, still take most people in Westeros in a 1v1.
1: Sure, yeah, but he doesn't need to look like Henry Cavill to do it.
0: No, but is anyone really going to complain about seeing more of Henry Cavill? No (laughs) Well
1: there you go then That's not the point Also watch House of the Dragon So that I can talk about it on podcasts
0: That is the point of House of the Dragon Okay yeah fair
1: enough (laughs) They they need to make House of the Dragon And it needs to be successful So we get an Aegon the Conqueror prequel
0: Oh, I think it's already reached that level of success. The the key is not has. to make it eight seasons long.
1: <laughs> no, three. It's a three it's a three season arc. That's all it needs to be. All it needs to be.
0: And that's all we're hopefully gonna get.
1: Also true. Right. I think I think we can probably slowly bring this to a close. No.
0: Slowly we stopped we weren't we stopped talking about Marvel a couple of minutes ago.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. Uh so, so we the, once
0: again asked a question that we wholly failed to answer.
1: Is there power Creek in the MCU? I would argue No. No. I think what there is is escalation. And I think the problem, as you quite succinctly put it right at the start, is that Marvel now feels incapable of telling low stakes stories. Yes. I think that's it. I don't think that's I power think, creep, though.
0: No, it's it's not power creep. It's it's yeah. You're going with escalation. I I think it's obfuscation. I think is the main issue at the moment. But I'm happy to be proved <laughs> wrong, and, and that they come back and say that was <laughs> deliberate. But so power creep, no. Wow, we actually answered a question.
1: I think we should stop there. I think we should stop there (laughs) before we fuck it up. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated where for the first time ever we answered the question we set ourselves. (laughs) No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever feel free to let us know rate the podcast and leave us a comment or drop us an email at Expertise is Overrated at gmail.com, tweet us at zero expertise, check out our website, expertise is or come join us on our Discord server.
0: If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Next time, we're going to be back in the grim darkness of Warhammer 40k's far future, asking Are there wolves on Fenris? Join us then for more nonsense.